0: Amen and amen. It is so sweet to be able to trust in Jesus, the one who loves us, and the one who died for us. Amen. I was reading in preparation for this morning and read a story about of a gentleman, and this is what he said. A few years ago, a friend of mine, a friend of mine telephoned me with an urgent request. Phil, he said, I'm calling to ask a favor. I need the most precious thing you have. Can you guess what he needed? He was asking for my time, of course. Time is one of the most precious things we have. There is only so much time How many of you, if you had a choice, would say you would like one more day in the week to get done what you need to get done? Amen. One more hour in the day. But time is so precious and so fleeting, it's just gone. And once it's gone, it doesn't ever come back. And each life is only given so much time. Today as we are working our way through Highway 10, the highway to greater living or higher living, we're taking a look at the Ten Commandments, but we're looking at them not just as that they are rules, but they are a way of God revealing Hisself to us. If you have your Bibles, if you would open yours with me to... The book of Exodus, the second book of the Old Testament, the second book of the Bible. You have Genesis, and then you have Exodus. And go ahead and turn over to Exodus chapter 20, and we'll be reading there in just a moment. But as we look at this, and I'm just kind of reminded of some things through the class that I'm working through right now. And there is evidence for God. Some people say, well, you... People believe in a blind faith. Well there's evidence and the Bible tells us that there's of this, but there is what's called a natural revelation of God. Revelation not being the last book of the Bible, revelation, but the revelation of God revealing Hisself to man. Natural or a general revelation we can see through nature. There are things in nature that point to the glory and the power of God. You can go out at night when the sky is clear. And you can look up and see the majesty in the stars. The sunset just the other evening as we were driving in. The beauty can only have nothing but a description of who God is. He created beauty. He created good. And then there's also what's called a special revelation. And that's not just a general aspect, because the general aspect does lead us to that there is a God... And that he is glorious and that he is powerful. But it cannot lead us to a saving faith in who God is. It doesn't show us Jesus Christ. It doesn't show us the Trinity. But in a special revelation through Jesus Christ as one God revealed himself. But also through God's word. God gave man the ability and the wisdom to write. And he spoke to them and led them in writing so that he could reveal who he is. And part of how he revealed to the Israelite nation as is they were coming out of Israel, and God said, You're now going to be my people. You're going to be set apart. You're going to be holy. You're going to be different. And he began to do that by giving them the ten words, or as we call it, the ten commandments. And you remember as we began, the first four are dealing with a vertical, our relationship between God and us. The last six are dealing on a horizontal level, our relationship with the other man, uh, a fellow man. But we understand that they're in a certain order for a reason. Because church, if we don't have the right relationship between us and God, we sure are not going to have the right relationship between us and man. So God revealed himself to who he was, that he was the I am, the the creator. Said you're to have no other gods. And he says don't create anything, don't worship that. And then today we're looking at the fourth one, dealing with the Sabbath or rest. What I've called the blessing of rest. If you have your bulletin there, there's an outline inside of it. I encourage you if you... Don't have one. Anyone doesn't have one that needs one, just slip up your hand and we'll get one to you. We'll make sure everybody has one. Uh, If you look in there, you see the big letters, R-E-S-T. We're going to look at rest today. But we're going to come and we're going to look at it from the standpoint of God revealing himself to us. Would you stand with me now as we read Exodus chapter 20. We're going to begin in verse 1. To kind of catch us back up. And then we're going to conclude with verse 11. Then God spoke all these words saying, I am the Lord your God, who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourself an idol or any likeness of that what is in heaven above or on the earth beneath or in the water under the earth. You shall not worship them or serve them. For I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers on the children on the third and the fourth generations of those who hate me, but showing loving kindness to thousands, to those who love me and keep my commandments. You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain, for the Lord will not leave him unpunished who takes his name in vain. Verse 8. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy, Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord your God. In it you shall not do any work, you or your son or your daughter or your male or female servant or your cattle or your sojourner who stays with you. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea and all that is in them, and rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day. And made it holy. Father God, today we do come before you. We say thank you for your word. Thank you for revealing to us who you are. Because Father, we are finite and you're infinite. Father, you are above all. You are transcendent. You are holy and you are perfect. And Father, without you speaking to us, we could not understand. And Father, I pray now that through these next few moments... That you would help me in the flesh to step aside, Lord, that you would fill me, speak through me as a vessel to be used by you. Father, would you open all of our ears to hear from Holy Spirit and soften our hearts that may we, we may receive your word this morning. Father, thank you. Well, oh God, we pray everything in the precious and the most holy name of your son, Jesus. Amen. And amen. You may be seated. A few things to just kind of get out of the way as far as setting this up. We see the word Sabbath in there. The Sabbath means to cease or to stop. It was known to them as the seventh day or Saturday. We oftentimes today, since the resurrection of Jesus Christ, we worship on the, what we call the Lord's Day, the first day of the week. So for the Israelites who were receiving this message, the Sabbath would have been what we call Saturday today. They had all week to work. There was one day the Lord told them to stop their normal duties and to worship him. But there's a couple of unique things about the fourth commandment. And probably one of the most unique things about the fourth commandment. Now you remember the commandment was given establishing the Old Covenant. We call that the Old Testament. Jesus Christ came, died on the cross, was buried and resurrected establishing the New Covenant or the New Testament. If you look into the New Testament or the New Covenant, commandment number four is the only commandment not repeated in the New Testament. All of the other nine commandments are reiterated or kind of recommanded in the New Testament to do those things. You will will find some references to a Sabbath, but you will not find that commandment of keeping the Sabbath. But let me just say you might not fully be relieved of that. I believe it's very beneficial. but just wanted to point that out, and actually, if you take your Bibles and turn over to Colossians, that's in the New Testament, you have Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, Colossians chapter 2. listen to what it does say in verses 16 and 17. Colossians 2:16 and 17. Therefore, no one is to act as your judge in regard to food or drink or in respect to a festival or a new moon or a Sabbath day, things which are a mere shadow of what is to come, but the substance belongs to Christ. See, our Sabbath as believers, our true Sabbath comes in Jesus Christ and we have rest in him. But I want us to work through this revelation of God, God showing his love to mankind and establishing his covenant to the Israelite nation. And it's actually broke down into three ways. It, it breaks down into the what, the how, and the why. And that's what we're going to really cover today. The first thing I want us to look at is the rule. The rule that's your R, the rule. What to do? What do we see? Exodus chapter twenty verse eight says Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy or to remember it. There is something special about remembering. It passes down things you learn and you remember. We teach our kids that 2 plus 2 is 4. And they remember that after repetition and after repetition. 4 plus 4 is 8. We could go on and on. A child learns their name. You've been through education and you're taught and you repeat things. And you're taught to remember those things. I am so thankful that there are people out there that have a brain that remembers a lot better than mine. I will tell you it is a struggle for me to read something and to remember it. Well, guess what you have to do when you're in seminary? You have to read and you remember. I pray to the Lord constantly to help me to remember. But that's why I believe God told them, because they're coming now out of Egypt... Out of slavery, he's establishing a covenant that they're different than everyone else. And he says, You need to remember this and you need to remember it weekly. Every week, remember the Sabbath. What else is it there? It says to keep it holy, set it apart from the rest of the week, make it different. Six days work, 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 work one day different set it apart rest worship me the sabbath is also to to stop and to cease and to make it holiest to set apart make it sanctified for a time of remembering god what god has done you know some people say that maybe today our sabbath is sunday I mean, that is a day that we should set aside. There needs to be that one day. We come on the first day of the week set aside to worship the Lord and all that he's done. But this commandment is is one day a week. You work six days. But take one day and remember. Because what happens is when you work, 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 and your kids see you work, 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 and all of a sudden there's something different. Well, Daddy, Mama, why aren't we working today? Let's remember the Lord. Remember what the Lord has done for us. All that they went through those years of slavery. Working 24-7. Seven days a week. 52 weeks out of the year. 365 days a year. Work, work, work. God's bringing them out and says you're different now. You need to have one day to remember the Sabbath. What it says, remember the Sabbath and to keep it... Holy. Not just the rule of the what to do, but what about the E, the edict? How to do it. You know, God doesn't just say, remember the Sabbath and keep it holy, and then let you have at it as your own, like you're trying to figure out what to do. But He gives an edict, He tells them exactly. How to do it. Here becomes God's revelation to his people. He's saying to remember him because of what he's done. But now he's going to tell them exactly how to do it. And how specific it is. What does he say there? Look at verse 9. Six days you shall labor and do all your work. How about you? Let's just take that one out. How about Can we just rest every day? That would sound good, wouldn't it? But no, God says you have six days. To do all of your work. You know, I've read and I've heard people say before, well, you know, the work is the curse. Remember Adam and Eve sinned in the garden? And work is the curse. Well, I I beg to differ. Work is an obligation that we have. It's a a right that we have. Let's just take a look real quick at Genesis chapter 2 and verse 15. Genesis chapter 2 verse 15, God is in the middle of creation and he says, Then the Lord God took the man and put him into the garden of Eden to cultivate it or to work it and to keep it. God said, here's the garden. I'm going to put man in it and let him work. Now, if we fast forward to they've eaten the apple, the curse becomes the hardness, the the, the labor, the pulling and the going through the thistles and all the thorns and the sweat and all the what we call the the hard part of it yes there was work it was a blessing God gave him the beautiful garden to keep it but in the curse we did get that it become difficult I believe also I, I don't know I wouldn't necessarily say it's scripture that our disdain for work probably came from the curse We don't want to do that because of what now comes along with it. But the blessing of it. Show of hands, how many of you have ever had any form of a garden? Vegetables, flowers, anything like that? Was it a blessing? A little bit of work to go out there and dig up the ground to plant those seeds. Just a little bit of work, a little bit of sweat. But in a few days it begins to grow. And then the blessing of your reaping your work. Good, fresh squash. Not that from the store. Good, fresh tomatoes. Go out, pick it off the vine. Some of you like to just slice it and put a little salt on it and eat away. The blessing of the beauty of those flowers. You see, there's blessing to work. So God said, I'm going to give you six days to work. So we have to work is part of this command, but then we have there at verse ten, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. In it you shall not do any work. No work one day. Just one day. Some people say that is to just to, to rest and recruit. Well, that is a benefit of it. But this one day would be set aside to remember who God was. To set aside to not do the normal, but to make it holy and different. It's set aside to to do no work so that you can spend some time contemplating and thinking about the glories of the Lord. I mean, in our fast pace today, we go and go and go and there's no time to just stop and think about God. I mean, how many times, even myself, you're driving from one place to the other and the beauty of God is painted all before you and we just go right past it and miss it. God says one day a week to stop and to do no work. But he's very specific with this work. He don't want any work doing. You you know how easy it would be for me to follow the command, okay, today is the Sabbath, I'm going to do no work. I'm going to get Waylon. He's going to get out there and mow the yard when he gets older. You know, get your children to do work. Nope. mm -mm. Let's look there at verse 10. It says, in it you shall do no work. You shall do no work. Your son or your daughter shall do no work. So your children can't do the work for you. Well, I'll tell you what. I've got so much work that has to be done. What I'm going to do is I'm going to hire me some help. And I'm going to let them do my work. I, I, we can still get the work done that way, right? Well, what does God say? Or your male or your female servant. Mm-mm. Can't hire somebody to come do it. The Israelite nation, don't hire somebody to come in and do your work. You need a rest. We're wanting this day to be set apart to remember who God is. What about the the cattle? So you can't go get your animals. They can't be out there working without you. Well, the Israelites, they had it figured out. God's given this command to the Israelites, so let us go outside the Israelite nation and let's bring in somebody to do the work for us. They don't have to follow God's law. Well, let's step back. What does God say at the end of verse 10? Or your sojourners who stay with you, the foreigners, you can't use them either. God wanted this day to be totally set aside, no work. Now, yes, there's probably a few things you have to do. I mean, you've got to fix some food and eat, and there's things like that. But your normal, everyday-to-day work must cease one day a week so that you can remember me. So he's given us the rule and the edict, the what to do and the how to do it. What about the stimulus, why to do it? You know, in the generation we're in, what do they call it? I don't know, the the Y2K generation, maybe the postmodern generation. Have you ever heard any of these young people, you tell them to do something? What's the first thing out of their mouth? Why? That's just something about the generation. Why? Well, God wants to help with that. And he's going to give us the stimulus, the reason we should do it, why we are to do it. Look at verse 11. We're going to get through the first part of it. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea, and all that is in them, and rested on the seventh day. So the stimulus, I would say, if we were to look at that, the very first and the most important reason is probably the simplest reason of all. And one that we're actually told not to tell our kids sometimes. But the first reason is we're commanded to. You know, mom and dad was always good because I said so. And God said so. So let's just take it for granted for the first thing because we're told to. The second thing is to remember God. You see, in six days, the Lord made the heavens and the earth and the sea and all that's in them. I would say in six days, God did a lot more than we do in our six days. He created everything there is. Time, humans, color, sun, moon, stars, world, planet, grass, people. Everything he created in six days. And then we get the representation that God rested on the seventh day. Now I would have to say if God rested on the seventh day that we need to rest. On the seventh day. He's given us six days of the week. Do all your work and then at the end of the week sit back and rest and think about him. For the Israelite nation they were to remember that the Lord brought them out of slavery. Let me read to you from Deuteronomy chapter 5. Deuteronomy chapter 5 beginning in verse 12. Here the ten commandments are being repeated But I want you to hear what's added. Observe the Sabbath day to keep it holy as the Lord your God commanded you. Six days you shall labor and do all your work. But the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord your God. In it you shall not do any work, you or your sons or your daughter or your male servant or your female servant or your ox or your donkey or any of your cattle or your sojourner who stays with you, that your male servant and your female servant may rest as well as you. You shall remember that you are a slave in the land of Egypt. And that the Lord your God brought you out of there by a mighty hand and by an outstretched arm. Therefore, the Lord your God commanded you to observe the Sabbath day. To remember it. To remember what he's done. How good would it do us to take some time once a week and remember all of the great things God has done for us. I think it would help our life so well. But also it says... That he blessed the Sabbath day. We hear God going through and he creates this and he creates that. And that was good and this was good. But on the seventh day he rested and he blessed it. So let's look at the fourth thing on your outline. How about the T for tip? Let me give you a little tip this morning. Maybe some good information. It says, therefore the Lord blessed... The Sabbath day and made it holy. While it is not repeated, church, in the New Testament, like all of the other nine commandments, rest is good for the body and rest is good for the soul. The Lord rested, He blessed the Sabbath day. If we are to take our bodies and to run them in the ground seven days a week, it will wear out a lot quicker. We need a day set aside to rest. We need a day set aside to remember the Lord. We need a day set aside to worship the Lord. We need a day set aside to change from the busy hustle and bustle of the other days, of the the working of whatever you may do. Give the mind a rest. So much happens in our mind and that's where Satan likes to come in and to play and to tempt and when our mind is so full of everything else but God and it's going 90 to nothing, we can't hear Holy Spirit speaking. We need a day of rest. Have you ever sit down and taken your Bible and wanted to read or to pray to God and everything is just running through your mind, running through your mind, running through your mind? You can't hear a thing. We go too much. How would our lives be different if we truly took this commandment and we set aside a day to change what we do? I'm not saying just go home and sit in the recliner and do nothing. If you're in manual labor, maybe you want to take this day and set it aside and go spend some time and fish. Get out in nature and look at God you want to work in your garden. Maybe you do just need to sit home and rest and think about God. There's so much that can be done on this day. It's not sit there and do absolutely nothing. But it's to set it apart to remember the Sabbath and make it holy, consecrate it to the Lord so that we can remember him. So there is a blessing In rest, he gives us the rule, he gives us the edict, he gives us the stimulus, and he gives us the tip. That is what rest is. And when we rest in him, there is a blessing number one that we get between God and him. But because of his love for us, he knows how he created us. He knows our bodies need a rest. And there's a blessing that we get from taking a rest. We like to, most people like to try to take a vacation everywhere. Get away. You need something to rest that body. And God says once a week, remember the Sabbath. Remember what I've done for you. And make it holy. You bow your heads.